0: Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome back. We roll all the way till three o'clock today. Ken Silverstein is going to join us in just a moment, uh, later on in this hour. Also, Mitch Holtis, uh, live from Chiefs training camp will be our guest as well. Quickly updating, uh, however, on the PGA. You heard it in the update right there, but they did not mention Zach Johnson. Right now, Zach is even through 16 holes, Zach Johnson, even par through 16 holes. Uh, I hope he has a good round here, Trent. I really do. I I'd, yeah. I'd really like to Look, he played well last week. I'd like to see him, uh, you know, kind of get that groove back again.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's been uh, hitting it pretty well. You wonder this course, Quail Hollow, a long time course that's been part of the tour, now getting a, a jump up in competition. Now, what it's going to end up playing like, you know, what what kind of scores we're going to see The PGA tends to be kind of all over the place, but me personally, I like the majors. I don't like when guys are 18 under, you know, winning a major. I I like to see it Mm -hmm. 8, 9, 10 under, something along that range, and we'll see how this course plays out. It doesn't look certainly easy at this point. Leaders in the clubhouse right now at 3 under, and and Olsen is uh, sitting there at 4 under through 16. So that's where we're at right now, but we'll have some time to talk some more golf. You ready to talk some Big Ten football with Ken Silverstein?
1: Let's go for it right now. And Silverstein comes to us on the Draft House Fifty Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Kenny, good afternoon to you. It's a blackjack kind of day, my man. Twenty-one and counting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's start first with the breaking news. However, out of Wisconsin, uh, they lose their star linebacker to an ACL injury. How is that going to, A, impact their defense, and what does that mean now for Wisconsin?
3: Well, he's a real good player, and he missed a whole bunch last year. He had a pictorial problem, and um, my memory served me right. I think he missed about half the season. Well, they had Watt, and they had other people, you know, making plays on the outside in that 3-4 defense that they uh, traditionally run with a lot of success, particularly during the regular season. Didn't work against Penn State, particularly in the latter stages, but We'll put that off to the side for the time being. It's a loss. Now, granted, they have people um, who did play last year who subbed for him, and I think all in all did a pretty good job. But whenever you lose a guy of that stature, uh, I don't care if you're Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, your so called big boys in the conference, you know, it's a blow. But, you know, I think if any program that can handle it, at least in the West, it would be uh, Wisconsin. But again, we, you know, we wish him. The best of luck with recovering. Looks like he's going to miss the entire year, uh, which is really bad news. But I think they'll be okay again because he missed time last year. And, again, the people who did play, for the most part, are back and will now obviously have to take the mantle and run with it.
2: Ken, you know this Wisconsin team offensive line looks to be in very good shape think they have 90 returning starters, something along those lines. That's going to be very good, obviously. Run game, it seems like they always find running backs. But where are you at with Alex Hornibrook? A year ago, losing his job, it was back and forth with Bart Houston, who had a non-distinguished career for himself throughout his Badger five years there. When you look at Hornibrook, the development that he has, because watching him last year, just physically, you wonder about the arm strength.
3: Yeah, that's what jumps out at you. Uh, there really isn't a lot of arm strength. And I don't, I don't know how you get that overnight. To use a baseball theory, you don't go from 90 to 95, uh, overnight. I'm not sure that you can make that kind of jump. It does happen once in a while. Sometimes, um, it's influenced by cheating, if you know what I mean, to raise the MPH. Um, to me, he's like a soft tossing left-hander in baseball. He's gotta be crafty. He's gonna have to be very accurate. Uh, when I saw him last year, I thought he left a lot of balls short, uh, which usually means they can be intercepted. Um, I'd rather overthrow the guy than leave it short. Um, you know, again, you can make the argument they're 50-50 balls. Yeah, but if you got, if you don't have six-three, six-four wide receivers, you're gonna lose a lot of those 50-50 balls. So, no, it's not Penn State last year with McSorley throwing jump balls and winning a bunch of these or those. Uh, this is Wisconsin. So I'm I'm like you. I I think they're going to have to win it to spite him. I mean, I think against some teams he'll be fine when he plays upper echelon competition. When the DBs are going to be possibly drafted in the NFL uh, in a year or two, depending on when their class is up, then I worry a little bit upon the Badgers. But he's the best they They have at this point, so we'll see what he can do, but I'm not expecting miracles uh, from the young man.
1: You still have Wisconsin, though, as the top team in the West?
3: Yeah, I do, Um, more because they
2: just –
3: it's like a machine. It's not very pretty. Uh, You're not going to get style points, but as Trent mentioned, you have those 300-plus pounders. They find them in Kenosha. They find them in Racine. They find them in Green Bay and Milwaukee and everywhere in between. Uh, they find them in small towns, mid-sized towns, and big-sized towns uh, in Wisconsin and elsewhere for the most part, and they, they'll they use more than one running back unless they have a Ron Dane type or someone, you know, a Melvin Gordon type, but for the most part, they'll platoon it. Uh, it's very Alvarez football, and everyone who's coached after Barry, you know, runs basically the same theory. Uh, Gary Anderson tinkered with it a little bit, but you know, he's not long gone, what at Oregon State. So uh Paul Chris is a is definitely a Wisconsin guy, there's no doubt about it. And um yeah, until they're beaten, um, yeah, I think they're the team to beat. I don't think they they're nowhere near as good as the big three in the east, but they don't have to worry about that at this point. Uh they just need to West, win the West and take two chances in in a one game series that so they can beat somebody in Indianapolis. But um I think at this point only Nebraska and because of the quarterback play and the running back, uh, Northwestern's got a puncher's chance. It's still Northwestern. They'll find a way to lose a game or two they shouldn't lose, even though I am a big fan of Pat Fitzgerald. And then, you know, we'll see what Iowa's got. Obviously, uh, I want to see what their offense looks like with the changes, quarterback and elsewhere. The one thing about Iowa is that they're going to be able to run the ball Wadley is really good. The kid from Nevada looks good. We'll see what it it looks like against Big Ten. Competition It is a step up for him, But I know what they have at running back. I I think I got an idea what they got on the offensive line. So maybe Iowa can jump up and be at that upper end or tier of Tier 2, challenging what I think are going to be the Big 2 in the West. That would be um, Wisconsin and Nebraska.
2: Speaking of Nebraska, they're uh, also messing around with the 3-4, trying to implement things. Mm -hmm. Now, they don't have the returning experience that the Badgers have, and they're implementing that, and and there's probably going to be some kind of learning curve. Ken, what's the reason for it? Is it just uh, simply seeing how Wisconsin has been able to develop their 3-4, and Nebraska says, well, if you can't beat them, let's try to join them? Is that what's happening over there in Lincoln?
3: That may be part of it. you also have a new defensive coordinator, okay, and this is what he likes to run, and uh, obviously, Coach says, okay, I'm not going to hire you unless I approve it. So we obviously, Coach Riley said, okay, you want to go with the 3-4. It also could be just their roster. It could be as simple as, you know what, we don't have a lot of down linemen, but you know what, we've recruited a bunch of linebackers. We think that's our strength. And if you're going to run a 3-4, your strength is usually from left to right, those four linebackers. So it's a, it's a combination of the roster, I think, new coordinator, his mantra, what he wants to do. And also a trend is saying, hey, it's a copycat business. All sports is a copycat business. we got to beat Wisconsin. Let's see if we can beat Wisconsin at their own game. Hint, hint, let's roll out a 3-4. The thing I like about a 3-4 is you know the three down linemen are going to go. They're going to rush. Usually your two outside guys are your better pass rushers, your third guy in the middle, the run stuffer. The key is which one of the four or more are blitzing And that's the tricky part for another offensive line, and particularly a young QB on the other team, trying to figure out where are these people coming from. With a 4-3, you have a pretty good idea. It's going to be the 4 and maybe a fifth blitzing. But with a 3-4, because you don't see it as much, it's a little trickier for some people to pick up in regards to who's coming, who's not, are they coming, are they dropping back into a zone. Um, It's a lot for a young QB digest a veteran guy should with a capital s be able to handle it a lot easier than let's say somebody who's starting in year one and having to play against a three four
1: ken silverstein is our guest he comes to us on the draft house 50 hotline mill civic parkway in west des moines let me follow up then with what you're discussing as far as the quarterbacks in this state in our area here in des moines it's getting a lot of play Stanley, Uyghurs, Uyghurs, Stanley, but it's not getting much national play. Ken is there a reason for that in your estimation, or is it just going back to okay, it's Iowa, and we'll wait for it to shake out after three or four games before anybody takes notice?
3: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of that I think it's it's i think it's it's not so much an anti Iowa slash the program slash the state, et cetera. I think it's more, there's a lot of these around the country. And unless there's something, look, you know the media, Trent knows the media, I know the media, unless there's an easy hook, unless there's something that jumps off the page that says, hmm, I need to pay attention to that because one of the two, or maybe even three QBs has something unique about the individual Maybe they're transferring from a major program. Maybe the kid, uh, dad played at the program. Maybe the kid is coming back from a major injury or, you know, God forbid, um, oh, I don't know, uh, some type of uh, a disease, let's say, and that is always, you know, stir the tugs at the heart or hearts. So maybe it's just that. Um, you know, there are others. I mean, look, you look at Northwestern, there is no quarterback battle. You know it's going to be forced. Guess what? At Ohio State, you know it's going to be J.T. Barrett. You know it's going to be Mick Sorley at um, uh, Penn State. It's got to be Spite, uh Wilton Spate, I should say. Wilton Spate at Michigan. Uh, the young kid is making a little bit of a move. His name is Brandon Peters. Um, I like him. I've seen a lot of tape on him over the, his high school career. But Harbaugh is not going to start him. So Spate will be the guy to start the season. So, you know... I think it's like anything else. There's just no dramatic hook to it. But whoever they pick, they got to, one, make the right decision. Two, whomever it is has got to play well early on. Because what you don't want is, let's say you take quarterback A, whomever. He plays a couple games, doesn't do that well. Then you got to go with the other guy. Other guy comes in and maybe plays a little better, maybe he doesn't. And then you got this carousel, and that ain't going to help anybody. And that's not going to help you win a lot of games. So whomever they pick, hopefully that individual starts like maybe today separating themselves. So it makes it easier for, um, whomever, this would be coach Kirk to make up his mind uh, along with the offensive brain trust who they think with capital letters is the guy. They have what 21, 22 ish days to decide, 23 days, whatever.
2: Ken Silverstein joining us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. We're talking Big Ten football. Look at the West and back over to the East. Take us to Ohio State. Huge expectations this year. Nothing short of a college football playoff berth and maybe a national championship would uh, cure what ails those Buckeye fans out there. What's been the story of August camp for uh, your friends out in Columbus?
3: Well, they're really good. I mean, they're deep. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think one of them makes them different than last year is they were one of, if not the youngest team in all of college football. And so by reaching the Final Four, even though they got terrorized by Clemson in uh, an embarrassment, quite frankly, there's no other way to spit it. Yeah, great that you make Final Four with the youngest, one of the youngest squads, but they played and got destroyed by the eventual champions in Clemson and the Tigers. So now they have a bunch of guys who have come back as fifth-year seniors, which they never thought they'd ever see at Ohio State because their idea is get guys to the NFL as quickly as possible and so forth. So JT Barrett, Tyquan Lewis, uh, and others, Tyquan, one of their starting defensive ends, uh, obviously JT Barrett, at quarterback, are just two of fifth-year seniors, which you just don't see at Ohio State, uh, particularly with Urban Meyer. So um, they are nowhere near as young, but at the same time they come in with the number two recruiting class in the country and these kids are really really good led by a young running back called uh by the name of J.K. D- dobbins young man out of texas he'll be their second running back will play a lot behind mike weber so they are um they're pretty much loaded i agree with you if they do not reach the final four it is a disaster in the eyes of their fan base and their coaching staff um I think right now they're looking at probably one loss. Um, they could lose to Michigan and Ann Arbor uh, this year. Could. Um, I don't think they will, but they could. They could lose to Penn State at home. Uh, but that's a revenge game after last year's loss there. You can make an argument Penn State can beat them because of McSorley and Barkley. But until I see it with my own peepers in Columbus where they've been destroyed, by Ohio State over the last few years, and I mean destroyed. Just look up the scores over the last couple of years in Columbus with Franklin as head coach. Um, that's a game that they could lose. And then this one, you need to listen in here. Trap games at Nebraska on the road, hmm. okay, where they flat out just pummeled and pile drive Nebraska last year in Columbus. That's a revenge game. For Nebraska, they gave up what almost sixty, I think, sixty some points in that game. Okay, last year that's a revenge game for Nebraska. That could be a trap game. And then now you really got to listen: a trip night game, most likely to Iowa City. Um, If my memory serves me correctly, Trent, check the schedule. I think the Iowa Ohio State game is the week after Ohio State hosts Penn State. Correct. Okay. That's a trap game for Ohio State, whether they win or lose. Let's assume they win. It's going to take a bunch of effort to beat Penn State, Iowa, the next week. If my memory serves me correctly, chronologically, could be a trap game. But all in all, I'm looking at 11-1. and I still, until until they give up the crown, I still have Penn State winning it. Um, But the only reason I'm saying that, is because until I see Penn State beaten, I'm old school when it comes to that, sort of like the heavyweight championship belt. Until you beat the champ, you're (laughs) not the champ. So right now I still have Penn State winning. But if Ohio State beats Penn State in Columbus, I want to say it's late October, uh, then Ohio State will win and will then uh, beat whomever comes out of the West. Whoever wins the East will beat the West. I don't think that surprises anybody.
1: Ken, let me just drop this one on you. An overall then college football question. Could this be the first year that a two loss team might get in?
3: Wow, Jim, that's a great question. Right now, if you would if you said to me, who are the four teams that I think on what is this, uh, August tenth? That I think are right. gonna be there. Obviously Alabama. I mean that's not a five year old could pick Alabama out of the hat. And and so Alabama's there. Somehow, someway, Alabama's going to be there. I don't think there's going to be a second SEC team. So now let's go to the ACC. Until I see this young man play quarterback at Clemson, uh, they lost a bunch of folks, uh, including Wayne Gallman, their uh, their running back. He was a fourth-round pick to the Giants. Um, I'm going to pick Florida State to be one of the Final Four. They've recruited very high-level talent the last couple of years. I have Alabama, Florida State. That's half of it. Obviously, I'm going to have the Big Ten winner. That's going to help from the east. It's either going to be Penn State or Ohio State. I don't think it's going to be Michigan. I think they're a year off. Too young of a roster, even though Ohio State did it last year. So I'm going to put, again, like I said earlier, until they're beaten, I'll put Penn State in there. Um, And that's three. And then it comes down to... Then I'll go with USC because of quarterback play. I think he's that good. Uh, I think Darnold is that good. Uh, he's gonna be a top five pick, uh, unless he just has a disaster of a season and I don't expect it. The recruiting has been, uh, really pretty high the last couple of years. So I have USC, which means again, oh my goodness, Big 12 fan is having his, is hitting an embankment at a in I-35. Be careful out there, please. Both hands on the wheel. <laughs> Ah, yeah, 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 I just picked, again, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, or anybody else from that conference not being there. Oh, oh. So to answer your question, Jim, no, I don't think two losses is going to do it. I think those four teams will have, I think the Big Ten will have at least one loss. They'll have one loss. Um, ECC will have one loss. I could see what Florida State plays Alabama. I could see them losing that game, obviously. Uh, and then, you know, going through the conference unbeaten or even beating Alabama and still losing to somebody in the ACC. Um, Alabama, uh, yeah, I guess they could lose one game, maybe to LSU, maybe who else could beat them? Hmm. Maybe LSU, maybe if their quarterback plays better. And then uh, USC, um, I guess they could r- lose the robbery game to UCLA. They could lose to an improved uh, Oregon team possibly with the Ducks. So I would have all four teams losing one game, maybe one of the four being unbeaten, but um, the odds tell me that all four will have one loss.
2: Hey, you mentioned uh, you're talking about Sam Darnold out at USC and Josh Rosen this Mm -hmm. week. Some some comments Hmm. that came out from him talking about school and football really not mixing. He's a guy that Hmm. certainly beats to uh, the beat of his own drum. Very outspoken, but I thought brought up plenty of good points. Your thoughts on Josh Rosen and his comments that he made with Bleacher Report this week?
3: Well, nice job by Bleacher Report. Nice story. Um, You know what? He's he's not a kid that comes from the poor side of the tracks, okay? Uh, He's a talented kid. Most mock drafts have him as a first-round pick, okay? Um, I don't know if anybody should feel sorry for him. I mean, many of us are non-athletes but still go to college and have to work a job while going to school because mom and dad can't afford the tuition because tuition today is so lofty uh, from a cash flow standpoint. So I see what you're saying, and I think he did bring up some points that are fair, but he came across as a spoiled kid. And I when I kept reading it, that's the thing I kept going back to Trent and Jim, spoiled, spoiled, rotten, spoiled. If he was a poor kid and um and and you know, and the upbringing was difficult and so forth, maybe just maybe I buy it a little bit more, but no one put a gun to his head to accept the scholarship, okay, and from what I understand, mom and dad could afford the scholarship afford the tuition okay so he went in with a clear mind knowing that part of the deal was getting some kind of grades now you don't we'd love for you to get a 4.0 or better but we're not expecting you to get a 4.0 or better there are kids on campus who play football and who play basketball and get really good grade points whether it's at ucla iowa or a partridge in a pear tree there are other kids who just barely make it okay and get maybe a 2.10 or 2.05 or whatever the deal but they get through and hopefully they graduate if not on time they go back they get the diploma and move on with their collective lives i just thought in a nutshell that he made some fair to good comments but i just had and maybe you guys disagree here i just had a hard time overcoming spoiled brat what about you guys
1: well, for me, I thought he made some honest uh, points, and I never thought of the spoiled angle until you referenced it. And while you were talking, I went back and kind of breezed through some of the things that he had mentioned again. And yes, now I can see that, Ken. I I kind of I I get where you're coming from when you where, when you reference that. Um, I think it's interesting, also. That it seems any time now and and we want so much for we're tired of coach speak, we're tired of players speak, so then when a player speaks his mind, then he takes a huge hit, just like you were giving him a huge hit there because you felt it went back to being a spoiled kid. I found it to be a difference of opinion, and i'm not I'm not going to the I'm not going to play the spoiled kid card just because I think it's a difference of opinion. I mean, that was that was his statement. And then everybody went after the kid to sort of say, well, he you know, look, look what he's got. Everything is paid for. uh He gets the full ride. He's the star of the team. And then you came with the spoiled aspect. I understand it after I went back and looked at it again. But I found it to be refreshing and unique because at least he was honest with his comments. Trent, what about you?
2: No, I'm right there with you, Jim. And I thought, you know, we've all complained in the past, I'm sure, about guys that don't give you anything. In the post-game interview, they don't have anything to say. He has something to say. He brought up good points. Could. They have been said in a different way, a better way. Sure, absolutely, but we're still talking about a 20-year-old kid here, a 20-year-old kid that is speaking his mind. He has classes that he'd absolutely like to take, and he can't because of football. It's pretty simple. And, yes, football, you get a scholarship, you get all these things, but it is a full-time job. And when these athletes look around and they see the amount of money that comes in, I can understand their frustrations.
4: Well,
3: uh, look, um, I'm not saying that the system is not flawed. And I've been an advocate over the years that, uh, players should get some type of stipend. Uh, how much? I don't know. I don't know if it's broken down. I've, I've had this discussion with people in the past. Should it be tiered that the quarterback should make more than an offensive lineman? Uh, should a, a corner make more than an outside linebacker? Yada, yada, yada. I, I don't know. I mean, I've heard that theory before. I've heard that everybody should get the same amount. Okay. I, I, I can see that point. Um, In regards to the different classes and everything, maybe this is back in the dinosaur age, but when I was in school one summer, my junior year I interned at a radio station. Okay, that's fine. The summer before that, I stayed back. I went out of state school. I stayed on campus. I did radio and TV during the evening, okay, and I took a couple classes during the day. Now, do I remember whether or not I could have taken those classes during, quote, quote, the regular school year? No, because it was so long ago, you know, dinosaurs were roaming the earth, and I don't remember, okay? <laughs> I, seriously, I seriously don't, but I do remember I took two classes in the mid to late morning, okay, so I could do TV at the collegiate level and radio at night, Monday through Friday. That I guess that would have been my sophomore year at school. So I I don't know. I, I just think um, I like it. I do like his honesty. I I get what Trent said. He's 20 years old. And when I was 20, was I that savvy? No, probably not. Thought the word probably not. Okay. So I get that, but you are the face of the franchise. Meaning you are the face of the football team. And because it's a major program, you are the face, whether you like it or not, you are the face of the university. Some biology prof is not. Okay. Some student in senior business is not. Now, that senior in business might end up, you know, you know, starting a dot-com company down the road and be a multi-billionaire someday. Fine. But right now, he or she is not the face of the university. He is the face of the university. And so you have to understand that you got to pick up your game, realize who you are, realize who you're talking to, whether it's Bleacher Report or CBS or whatever, and say, hey, i got to bring it i got to realize the ramifications of everything I say, and I need to come across as being honest to myself, but at the same time understanding that my words have ramifications. Does that make any sense?
1: Makes sense to me, pal. I mean, that's a great discussion that we just had uh, about what he had to say. All right, our time has come and gone. Uh, and that was great stuff. Kenny, as always, thank you, man. Good stuff today. We'll talk to you next week.
3: When we talk next week, it'll be down the 14 days.
1: That is correct. You got it. See you, man. <laughs> Thanks. Have a good weekend. All right. That's Ken Silverstein on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Trent, quickly uh, an update now from the PGA in the first round. Zach Johnson has finished his round And Zach Johnson is in the clubhouse at even par. Even par right now for Zach Johnson. So quick break on the way. We're coming right back. Uh, We're waiting. We're going to hook up with Mitch Holtis as well. So that's also forthcoming in this hour. Jimmy B and TC, it's the Big Talker. 1700.
0: The big games play here. Westwood One Sports, on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports, 1700 KBGG.
2: Kate here with Food Dudes Delivery. Are you tired of the same old delivery options? Well, Food Dudes Delivery can solve that problem for you. We deliver for restaurants that don't do delivery. Order through us at fooddudesdelivery.com. Food Dudes Delivery offers commercial and residential delivery service along with the option to pre-order. Our delivery rate is always a flat fee, so whether you're ordering $15 for yourself or $300 for a party, it's going to be the same flat fee. We deliver all throughout the metro area, always keeping your food hot and fresh. Food Dudes Delivery has a vast range of food options for you to choose from, so place your order for lunch today, dinner tonight, or your office tomorrow at fooddudesdelivery.com. When you need... Spent a little too much time in the sun relief. Yikes. Ow, what the? Attack of the angry mosquito relief.
5: Hey, watch this. Ow. Scraped knees. And an elbow.
0: Relief. You need Gold Bond Pain and Itch Relief Cream with
2: Lidocaine. Gold Bond has the maximum strength lidocaine available without a prescription and starts working on contact to numb away pain and itch. Gold Bond with Lidocaine. Relief starts now.
0: Use as directed. This is a court-ordered notice. Current and former BMW, Mazda, Subaru, and Toyota owners or lessees can receive payments and other benefits from a legal settlement related to allegedly defective Takata airbags in their vehicles. To see if your vehicle is included and to file a claim, go to AutoAirbagSettlement.com or call 1-888-735-5596. That's AutoAirbagSettlement.com or 1-888-735-5596.
5: The reviews are in, and the reviews are great. The Brush Nickel Waterpik Varden Series handheld showerhead is only at the Home Depot. And right now, it's only $24.98. It's soaking up compliments because it installs in minutes, with five spray settings perfect for kids and pets. And after a long day of kids and pets, you. So relax and save with the Waterpik Varden Showerhead, now just $24.98. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Vow to November 4th. Bellagio Italian Restaurant brings real homemade Italian to you.
4: you soon
5: that time of the year again football is right around the corner draft house 50 best spot in central iowa to catch your cyclones hawkeyes in every nfl game over 50 tvs 50 beers on tap and the best burgers in town draft house 50 your place for all things sports
0: jim brinson trent condon it's jimmy b and tc on 1700 kbgg live from the wolf construction studio sponsored by wolf construction roofing Here's Jim and Trent. All
1: right, everybody, welcome back in. Mitch Holtis will be coming up roughly in about five or six minutes, live from Kansas City Chiefs training camp. Uh We'll get into uh what we expect out of the Chiefs in their first exhibition game. Of course, if, when I talk to Mitch, I have to say preseason, otherwise he gets angry at me. But you get the drift, and we'll get into all of that. Hey, Trent, let's quickly uh do a little PGA conversation here yep. with Zach. Zach Johnson now is in the clubhouse. Uh, and he's at even par, and the course is playing extremely difficult.
2: Yeah, I saw the, uh, what was it, uh, the Denmark guy, he he uh, took a shot back, so he's back to three under. Uh, how's the course playing? I haven't had a chance to see anything today. Playing well, playing difficult, what have you seen? Well, it's wet, and so the balls
1: aren't, uh, like, bouncing along the fairway, so even the big hitters are not getting the distance that they're used to, And if that's the case, that'll change your club preparation. So instead of, say, hitting a 9-iron to the green now, you may be hitting an 8-iron. Look, those guys are the best in the world, so will it affect them that much? Probably not. But it is something to keep an eye on. The greens, however, are really hard. They're struggling to keep the ball on the green. I just watched Phil Mickelson hit a shot. It hit on the front of the green, rolled all the way through and off the back and into a bunker. So that'll give you an indication of how fast these greens really are. And right now there is one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, in double figures, roughly about 15 players that are right now under par, and that's it. And then Zach Johnson, who has just completed his 71 uh, at even par uh, in the first round. So a lot of golf, obviously, to be played. They now think the weather forecast is not going to be as bad as what they first thought. So it looks like they're going to get through most likely today without any real bad rain. And then it looks like it just might be off and on on Friday and then over the weekend. So that's not bad. Much better forecast than what it was only a couple of days ago, where they thought
2: it was going to rain the entire time. From the Lynx to a little football, Mitch Holt is his training camp report from Kansas City. Next on your home for the Kansas City Chiefs, seventeen hundred. We're back here in a moment.
0: Hey, Des Moines, I'm Dave Ramsey. Join me every Monday through Friday from 9 till noon. Courtesy of Mediacom Careers. On 1700 KBGG.
5: You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite, 515-262-STAR. Call today for next-day installation, 515-262-STAR.
0: Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B. and T.C. on 1700 KBGG. Live from the Wolf Construction Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent. Welcome back in,
2: everybody.
1: We roll all the way till three o'clock, and of course, during the month of August and tree, uh, Chiefs training camp, Mitch joins us. Mitch holtis longtime voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, on the Draft House Fifty Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Mitch, how are you, my man?
4: Well, good afternoon. Yeah, we're uh t minus. What are we? Twenty four, about thirty hours or so away from the first preseason game, and now. That's kind of where the focus is for the Chiefs. They haven't spent any time in the 49ers at all, and now today they have what they call a mock game, which is basically a dress rehearsal, and they do call-outs just to get prepared logistically for tomorrow night.
2: Well, an exciting time, no doubt about it, Mitch, as we get ready for that first preseason game. Uh, We've talked a little bit about what the game plan is going to be. Andy Reid's talked about that leading up to the first game, it's not so much about the preparation, as you mentioned, for the 49ers. It's really about finding out about the other guys, Uh, finding out you know, the guys, say, 45 through 53. That's what training camp really is more about. But those guys aside, who are the guys you're most excited to see coming up tomorrow night?
4: Man, that's a long list. Uh, Gosh, front (laughs) to back, I want to see how Brian Woodsman, the left guard from South Dakota State, does. And can't he be a starter in the league? I'm curious, obviously, about Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback. The running back Kareem Hunt out of Toledo, he is going to get some time. Uh, it'd be interesting for you guys to listen for and watch for. But C.J. Spiller shown juice. He's that's an older guy that's trying to you know get it rolling. And then this group of wide receivers behind Tyreek Hill, who can show the propensity to make some tough catches and keep the chains moving and show some consistency, whether that's catching or block. And then on the defensive side. Kind of the whole group, of young of guys on the front seven, a league away at linebacker. Gosh, I don't think Passione is going to play, but uh, you know, can they defend the run and build up some depth on that defensive side? You know, this week I have featured guys that are the glue guys, and you're looking for the new group of glue guys. And I'm saying that are not the stars. You don't take them in your fantasy league, but they help you win football in reality football. And I thought I told you yesterday I was going to tease you. I was going to bring the sausage today. One of the most valuable chiefs is Anthony Sherman, their little fireplug fullback. He's been great on special teams, led the team in special teams tackles for a four-year total. I mean, dogs come up and lift their leg when they see him, right? He's that guy. (laughs) Uh, He also, uh, he's called the sausage. Andy Reid called him the sausage his first year, and he's lived up to it. The most exciting play of camp, I think we talked about this maybe on Monday, was a 99-yard touchdown pass from Alex Smith to Tyreek Hill. And the crowd went wild, right? Well, they went wild. They should have gone wild what they didn't see, and that was the key block made by Anthony Sherman. Just an example of guys doing the little things to make the big things happen.
1: Uh, so, and so, you know, Spencer knew who he had. I knew exactly who I had. We made, made a call to make sure I came back on the other side. So it was
5: just, you know, everything. That one, that they were clicking. We were clicking on that uh, backed-up situation.
4: We talk about Tyreek Hill's six touchdowns last year in the return game alone. On four of those six plays, guys, the key block on four of the six were made by Anthony Sherman, a.k.a. the sausage.
1: That's great, the sausage. I I love that. Uh, Mitch, it's always going to be interesting. We watched uh, some of the game last night with Carolina and Houston, and we saw Deshaun Watson. And we saw a little bit of Christian McCaffrey. And we also saw Riley McCarron out of Iowa make an 18-yard grab. And he had a 15-yard return on a kick as well. It's going to be interesting for people here in Iowa, not just to watch the Chiefs, but also with the 49ers, because C.J. Beathard, the Iowa quarterback, former Iowa quarterback, is uh, apparently getting some some run with the 49ers. Uh, you as a broadcaster, do you have some interest in that as well?
4: Absolutely. And I'm going to throw in another one. George Kittle is in this rookie class. Yes. Tight end uh, from the Hawkeyes that I'm hearing Kyle Shanahan uh, thinks a lot of. I talked to some 49ers folks this morning that were in part of the advance party coming in here for tomorrow night's game. I mean, Beathard would have more of a chance – with this team, gosh, I'm trying to think, maybe than any other team in the NFL because quarterback's wide open. Brian Hoyer is their number one just because he was with Shanahan in Cleveland. Kyle Shanahan's the new 49er coach. And then Matt Barkley. But Bethard is going to get a real shot with this team. And it's a big game for Beathard. If he can, I mean, this is the game Russell Wilson, 2012, was, that was his coming out party. He played a preseason game here and just lit it up. And all of a sudden, John Schneider flew home and goes, we're going to make him the number one and not Flynn. And it changed Seattle's fortunes, maybe the number 11. But anyway, if Beathard comes in and tears it up, I mean, he might push the head of the class because there's no established quarterback on this roster, at least a, a quarterback who has won in the national football league consistently. And then they want to get a little tougher, and they feel like Kittle gives them a tougher tight end. So, yeah, there's some definite Hawkeye flavor in this game.
2: Mitch Holt is joining us on the Draft House 50 hotline. Uh, Mitch, we're hearing a lot coming out of camp about the passing game clicking, things looking better, Alex, Alex Smith looking a lot better. Tell us why it's not just training camp fodder, why we should really believe that the passing game is going to take a step forward.
4: Well, I think it starts with Tyreek Hill because he gets open and he, he runs great routes and creates separation. People have made the Steve Smith comparison. You and I, and we talked about it. I guess the three of us talked about it maybe last week, but it, it, it's a pretty good comparison, although Hill's more skilled. And the, the Chiefs have not had a guy like that to take the lid off the defense using the football vernacular, taking the, you know, getting to the deep third. Well, if you open up the deep third and Andy Reid's offense like Deshaun Jackson did with Philadelphia, it is loose, man. You get the second and first level all over the place would take your choice. So, I think that's what's excited people is that third level looks like it's legitimately in play. And if so, man, you're going to get crossers and open guys underneath whether it's Conley or Kelsey or Spencer where the running back or Kareem Hunt, we can keep going down the list, but you've got to take the lid off, or those safeties just sneak up in there in those first two levels and it just suffocates that and makes it much more difficult. To establish things
1: consistently. Mitch Holt, this is our guest on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. We're talking Kansas City Chiefs as they get ready for their first exhibition, excuse me, their first preseason game of the year Brent, against him. the San help Francisco him, 45. <laughs> um, let, me, let me just ask this question again because I, I i think it's important for fans to understand and mitch you touched on it yesterday let's do it one more time will the starters play a full forced quarter and then substitutions or if they have like a long sustained drive even if they don't get points out of it will that be it have you had a chance to kind of get a feel for that yet
4: i think it's I do, but it's the feel is the feel, meaning you can sit here and look at it like it's the periodic table of elements and everything's just assured that that's what it is. That's not the case when it becomes the clock starts moving and we're playing football. If the Chiefs' first-team offense goes 10 plays and 80 yards and gets a touchdown, they ain't going back out there. But if Andy thinks they need another series or they're backed up or maybe there's a sudden change and the defense creates a turnover and they get a short field. Yeah, give them another look. The other thing that's key in this game, and it's why people want to listen to us, even if they watch it in Des Moines, is that, I mean, we can know the roster, all 90 guys, but who is grouped with what quarterback? So Bray may come in, but who's on that offensive line in front of him? Everybody wants to see Mahomes play. And you guys mentioned Watson last night with Texas. We're at uh, uh, Houston, I mean we're going to be tied to that dude the rest of our lives because it was either he or Patrick Mahomes, right? So here's the thing. Uh, It's who's with that quarterback. What lineman? What are his other pieces around him? Is it threes? Is it twos? Is it the rest of the fours? Is it a few ones scattered with the twos? And that makes all the difference in the world in these preseason games. So it's really, you can go in with a template, Jimmy, But, honestly, Mm -hmm. I see the template go away in a matter of seconds once the preseason game begins.
2: Last one for me. I'll let Jimmy B. finish up with you here. I wanted to ask you, I mentioned a couple days back, Cairo Santos with the sore groin. They bring in a kicker. Latest on that injury, how concerning is it? And what you know about Sam Ficken, who will be doing the kicking tomorrow? Well, Iowa
4: (laughs) fans know about him, too. He was a Penn State dude. He's the second... Ficken's the leading, uh, second leading kicker in Penn State history. Now he's here, I think, just because I'm trying to piece the A to B to C. Because Robbie Gold, who is now with the 49ers, the longtime Bears kicker, was the kicker for Chiefs special teams coach Dave Tobe for what 12 years in, in Chicago. Well, Robbie Gold, if you can follow my connection here, is the mentor for this Ficken kid. So I could even see an email going from Tobe going, hey, it's Cairo's not going to kick, got a little groin issue, and who's that guy you worked with? Oh, it's Sam Thicken, Penn State kid, and he's bounced around a couple camps. Yeah, yeah. Just have him come in here to try it with the other 15 guys that are driving in here. I really think that's <laughs> that's one of the interesting connections in this game. goals with the 49ers, but he mentored Thicken, who's going to kick for the Chiefs. Now, the bigger question here is how seriously injured is Cairo Santos? Every day the word I get is better and better with him. Andy mentioned yesterday, I believe, that he thinks it's scar tissue from a Tulane injury he had in college. I hope it is not something chronic and it pops up in November, December when the weather gets cold or you're kicking wet footballs. But it's not something that you know you think the worst right away, but it looks like he's going to be okay. Now, I think this thickened kid might be here for a while just because you're going to give Cairo plenty of time to get that groin healed up, and you still need a camp kicker, and you still need a game kicker for these preseason games. So Thicken may be around for a while.
1: Interesting, interesting. All right, we're almost out of time. Uh, if you're hungry, where do you have to go right now, Mitch?
4: Sausage, Papa Jones.
1: <laughs> and they have the,
4: I don't know, he's got some sausage. I think he's got a direct contract with a um, pork farmer in Denison. Just me, just guessing. I'm trying to put those connections together as well. The Donaldsons, I think, use some good Iowa farmers maybe for their stuff. But anyway, they've got the big special going on. Uh, I talked about chicken poppers last night or yesterday afternoon. But any large specialty pizza is 11 bucks, And I'm guessing on that specialty pizza you could get some sausage. Wink, wink, nod, nod. To just honor the great Anthony Sherman. Who, by the way, guys, Anthony Sherman. Don't take him for your fantasy team. Because you know what his longest run is in seven years? What? The fullback. Four yards, career high.
1: <laughs> Always so the, question, the interesting stat,
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. So the question is, can he eclipse his career high of four this year? Talk amongst yourselves.
1: Thank you, Matt. Always good to yes. chat with you. Thank you, Mitch. Have a good one. There you go. Mitch Holtus on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway at West Des Moines. Uh, Trent, before we uh, leave for the uh, top of the hour, real quick at halftime, Iowa Hawkeye basketball teams playing overseas against a so-called Swiss All-Star team. Right. At the half,
2: it is 69 to 69-30 Iowa. Nice. Nice start. Luke yeah. Garza playing well again. 22 points already for the freshman yeah. big man, Jimmy B., Steam's deep, and they're getting deeper with Nunji and Garza coming in. Going to be fun to watch, no doubt about it. All right, quick break, everybody, and we're coming right back
1: with uh, what do you got here, Trent? A little special uh, for everybody. A
2: little special guest coming up on the other side. My buddy Biz is stopping. We're going to uh, relive the Degenerate Hawkeyes podcast. We're going to do that next year as we roll through here. On a Thursday, Jimmy B and T C and the Big Talker, seventeen hundred.
0: Seventeen hundred K B G G is the Big Talker in Des Moines with Jimmy B and T C noon.